Hey guys, WFAN the Kid here, and today I'm going to be doing a podcast on my New York Knicks. It has been a minute since I've been on here and did a podcast with y'all. I haven't done one since my playoff predictions, which have actually held up quite well. Seven of the eight teams I had advancing moved on, (laughs) except for the Milwaukee Bucks. And to be honest, I was absolutely thrilled when I found out that the Knicks would be playing the 8-seed Miami instead of Giannis and the Bucks. Now I'm kind of having mixed emotions about that. Because Miami leads my Knicks 3-1 in the series, putting us on the very near brink of elimination. How did this happen? You know, I'll walk you just a little bit through the first four games of this Uh, Kind of gut-wrenching series so far, since I haven't been on here in a while. Game 1. The Knicks are riding a high after getting their first playoff series win in a hell of a long time. The first time since I've been a Knicks fan. But Miami was riding a little bit of an even higher high. Because they're an 8 seed that had to go through the play-in that just knocked off Giannis. Giannis. I think they had... A 3% chance of winnings of winning when I was looking at the analytics of that series. And they proved everybody wrong. And they didn't... It wasn't some seven-game toss-up series. It was a dominated series by the Miami Heat in just about every fashion. So they come in just as hungry as us. And after a really cool first half from the Knicks, they looked good, shooting the ball confidently, rebounding, which was an issue last night, which I'll get into a bit, The Miami Heat come out on fire in the second half, and they get it done. One thing that happened in that game is, well, two things, actually. Butler hurt his ankle, which was visible on camera, and Brunson hurt his ankle, which we weren't aware of at the time. So two more ankle injuries. Keep that in mind. That's going to be a trend. So then you go to game two. Uh, The Knicks, obviously, you don't want to do with the what the Devils did, and go down your first two home games. And they avoided that. They wound up winning their second home game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, I wish we could go back to winning like we were against them. Against the Miami Heat. The Knicks won game two against Miami at home. A feel-good win. Honestly, since Jimmy Butler did not play in that game, it should have been a more comfortable win. But nonetheless, they got it done. And in the playoffs, it's not about statistics and how you get it done. It is about getting the job done. And that's what they did in Game 2. Then you fly down to Miami. Miami, you know, it's really nice this time of year. It's pretty caught right before the summer rush. And the Knicks are probably feeling good. I saw Mitchell Robinson going into the hotel, bringing Hartenstein a birthday cake over the weekend. And I think they left their basketball skills in New York. That's what I was thinking, watching Game 3. A game that the Knicks never led. There was zero intensity in the first half. And the only time that I saw the Knicks actually play with desire was for maybe three minutes in the third quarter. Other than that, it was a blowout. It really was. Game 3 was horrible in 
every fashion. We got out-rebounded. We got horribly outshot. Our three-point percentage was near at all-time lows for a Knicks playoff game. Emmanuel quickly, who hurt his ankle, was tied for leading your team and made threes. It was just an atrocious game in about every comparative stat that I could pluck. So, how did the Knicks respond last night? To to one of their worst games in recent memory. They had another they had a blowout against Cleveland and this one was also pretty bad at the hands of Miami. They actually responded pretty okay. In the first quarter it was a very slow start but then they caught fire. There was a point in the second quarter where they were shooting over 50% for the game. You love to see it. And at halftime, it was an 8-point game, still within reach. Then you go over to the third quarter. And the Knicks continue to do what we saw in the first quarter. They get back to shooting the ball at an insanely high percentage. I think they made 9 out of their first 11 shots in that third quarter. But when the Knicks were doing that, when they were hitting threes, when they were driving getting in once, when they were doing all that, Miami had the answer. They had the three ball that they beat us at. They had the rebounding that they beat us at. In the third quarter, in the first half, and in the fourth quarter down the stretch, and that's why Miami won that game. The fourth quarter, hey, there was opportunities for the Knicks too. It was a six-point game at times. It was a six-point game with seven and a half minutes to go. But what the Knicks were not able to do in the fourth quarter was get a rebound. More than anything, forget about Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett being your only offense in that quarter. You couldn't get a stop. They were not taking high-percentage shots. They were taking Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson's threes from God knows where. They were taking Bam Adebayo jumpers as the shot clock expired. And instead of getting the rebound and closing out the possession... There was balls off the hand of Julius Randle. Kyle Lowry sagged a rebound somehow, the shortest player on the heat towards the end of the game. There was balls that went over the backboard that the Knicks couldn't handle. The composure on the defensive end just was not there for the Knicks. And they couldn't couldn't get a rebound. Butterfingers for so many different players. And now we're on the brink of elimination heading back to New York. We're down 3-1. to one. So, Tom Thibodeau is going to have to find a way to rally the troops and get a win. We know that the Knicks have to win three games in a row, but I am just taking it in one game at a time. This is the best playoff run that I have seen as a Knicks fan, and I desperately do not want that to end. So, we shall not dwell on the past. Let's look forward to Game 5. What do I think that the Knicks need to do differently? Before I get into the obvious of the obvious, let's talk about who you're putting on the floor. Tom Thibodeau got back to starting Quentin Grimes in Game 4 for the first time since he got injured in the Cavs series. And I love that. I absolutely love it. I think we need his defense. He is a great defender on the Knicks. And also, he he had three big threes for the Knicks in that game against Miami. So he's... 
He's doing some things. He clearly looks close to 100% back to the way he was. He starts again. You go with the same five that you went with in the last game. However, coming off the bench, I saw IQ in his boots, and I do feel for him uh, getting injured. He's one of my favorite Knicks. So if IQ's not available, which I presume will be the case, it can't just be three players. And why can it not just be three players? Why can it not just be an eight-man rotation like we saw in the regular season sometimes when we had injuries? Because we're playing the Miami Heat. We're playing a deep team that is outscoring our bench. Horribly outscoring our bench. And that's not something that Knicks fans were used to seeing. Because their bench was so dominant all year. But hey, that is the way the Miami Heat play. They have a very deep squad and they're not afraid to use it. And when their bench players are on versus when our bench players is on, our second uh, rotation in there, they show clearly that they are the aggressors. Bench points, I think, were a ridiculous something. We only had 10 bench points in Game 4. Miami had 30-something. That can't happen. So to remedy that, we got to put somebody in. We could give Deuce McBride more minutes and if it's that kind of defense back and forth game I'm open to that because he's a great defender we don't rely on him for offense he shouldn't be taking shots but he's a great defender then you have Evan Fournier who I think is a good option haven't seen any of him in the playoffs so far and I think when you're down three to one in the series and you need something go to him great three-point shooter he has the record for most made threes in a Knicks season set last year. Why not give him a try? Now, on Twitter, there is one more guy that Knicks fans absolutely adore, which is Derrick Rose. You know, as much as I like Derrick Rose and as excited as I am, have been to see him in his second stint with the Knicks, reunited with Tom Thibodeau, he's not the answer. He's just not. He is not conditioned properly to be going in there. He has passed his prime. And while I do think he provides some good wisdom from the bench to guide young players, some players, like I think I believe Grimes said, he's really benefited from having D. Rose as a mentor on the bench. He's not the guy that you need to put in there. He's not going to be a difference maker in this series. Do you see how fast Mammy passes the ball around on offense, bewildering the Knicks? Almost every possession, if they want to, they can get an open three. Which, a third of the time, they nail. Derrick Rose is not going to be able to keep up with that. So, I would play Fournier more, or again, if it's a defense back-and-forth affair, I'm open to McBride. Now the obvious of the obvious. Rebound the basketball. We saw in the first half, we were getting offensive rebounds. Julius had a few, Hartenstein had a few great ones. More of that. We need more of that. And also, defensive rebounds. You're not supposed to be giving away second chance opportunities. We were giving away third, fourth chance opportunities. I think there was even one time where they got three offensive rebounds and had a fifth opportunity, Miami, in the fourth quarter. That cannot happen. You have a seven-foot guy out there at Mitchell Robinson. So, end of discussion. 
He should be the one with the ball in his hands. If not him, then Randall. You got to get rebounds. I remember uh, Ian Eagle talking about it yesterday. The Knicks are such a good rebounding team. They have the height advantage. They have tall guys on that team that should be able to snag boards. And then there's Josh Hart, who's an animal at grabbing rebounds. We see him get close to triple-double time and time again. So where was he with his rebounds last night? I don't know. People have to step up and sacrifice their bodies and get the rebounds. And then there's a couple other players I want to point out before I wrap this podcast up. It's going to be a rather short podcast just to get my vent at the Knicks over with. Julius Randle. He's been fantastic this year. He was our all-star. And in the Cavs series, he was all right. Then he turned his ankle, and he didn't know what to expect from him. He had a solid game in Game 2. Then in Game 3, he was non-existent. And last night, he showed little flashes of the old Julius Randle. But when I watched that game, the main takeaway I have is that's a selfish player. There was too many times where a breakaway... A fast break, I should say, was completely slowed down because either Julius was dribbling at five miles per hour or because he insisted on taking on two guys under the rim instead of making a pass to an open nick for a three. He's playing selfish basketball. The type of thing that you... <coughs> Excuse me. The type of thing that you got players like Jalen Brunson to avoid to avoid Julius Randle from being the only one that should be taking a shot like we saw in 2020. And that, that is why we lost that series to the Hawks, because they knew that Julius Randle was the guy to stop. But now we have other weapons. So Julius Randle, when beneficial, you got to pass it. You have to. You have to make that extra pass. Could be the difference between winning and losing. And too many turnovers is just the other thing. I've seen a lot of lackadaisical starts from the Knicks, but these last couple of games in Miami, wow. Wow, we are turning the ball over way too much. It's just careless passes. And that can't keep happening. You know that the Heat are aggressive. They fight for those 50-50 opportunities. So, And they're going to pressure you. They're going to come right up to you and try to knock that ball away. And you can't let it happen. Not anymore. It was a terrible couple of games in Miami for the Knicks. Really. Last night, may have lost by 8 points. Didn't play that well at all. Could have easily been 15, 16 if the Heat were hitting some of those open shots the Knicks were giving them. So, it's a must-win Game 5. There is a good chance that I will be going to that Game 5 for my first ever Knicks playoff game. And I really genuinely hope that, at the least, we're playing good basketball. Obviously, you want the Knicks to win. You need the Knicks to win to stay alive. But I just want to see a good basketball game. I don't want to see Julius Randle turning the ball over, committing offensive fouls. I don't want to see three players scoring and then just non-existent rest of the team. I want to see the Knicks that we saw in the regular season. The unselfish Knicks, the cohesive Knicks, the Knicks that could be competitive with any team. The Knicks that swept the Denver Nuggets 
that beat the Celtics in the series. I want to see those New York Knicks on Wednesday night. So yeah, I guess we'll find out if the Knicks will be going back to Miami or if their season's going to be over Wednesday night. I appreciate you guys for listening to my podcast. As always, I'm WFAN the Kid. Thank you and have a great rest of your day.